ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 3, Text 23, Translation and Commentary by the Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Svangrupad, Founder Acharya Aviskar. Ikona vingshe vingshatime, Vrishnishu prapyajanmani, Rama Krishna titibhubho, Bhagavan aradbharam. In the 19th and 20th incarnations, the Lord advented himself as Lord Balaram and Lord Krishna in the family of Rishni, the Yadu dynasty. And by so doing, he removed the burden of the world. Purport. The specific mention of the word Bhagavan in this text indicates that Balaram and Krishna are original forms of the Lord. This will be further explained later. Lord Krishna is not an incarnation of the Purush, as we learn from the beginning of this chapter. He is directly the original personality of Godhead, and Balaram is the first plenary manifestation of the Lord. From Baladev, the first phalanx of plenary expansions, Vasudev, Sankarsha, Aniruddha, and Kadyumna expands. Lord Sri Krishna is Vasudev, and Baladev is Sankarsha. Here in the beginning of Bhagavatam is the discussion of various incarnations who appear from the Purush we find at the beginning of this chapter. It is described how in the beginning of creation, um, the beginning of the cosmic manifestation, the Purush means the Mahavishnu. From him all the universe is expanded and then from him Gagodakshay Vishnu. And from these Purush avatars, all the different incarnations come. And here it's given as one, two, three, four, five, the different ones who came. It appears to be a chronological order. Nineteen and twenty is Balaram and Krishna. So it seems very plain that Balaram and Krishna are incarnations of Vishnu. However, a little a little further up a little further up in this chapter when all the principal incarnations have been described then again Sutta Goswami says Ete Chaurusha Kala Pongsa Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam He says that these are all they're all incarnations, parts and partials Pongsha Kala means parts and portions and primary portions of the Pumsa. Pumsa means the same as Purusha, the original form of the personality of Godhead. But, Krishna is two. Two means but. But, Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is sometimes a somewhat controversial point. Some people like to say that Lord Vishnu, he is the original form of God and Krishna is an incarnation. So, this has been elaborately analyzed by Jiva Goswami. He has written one long essay just based on this principle of explaining how actually Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his evidence is this line, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swami. He has elaborately backed that up with so many different points but 
because Srimad Bhagavatam is the topmost Vedic literature. Therefore, this verse which Jiva Goswami says is the, uh, is the crux or the essential point of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Everything else expands from this understanding that Krishna is the original personality of God. So this particular evidence is most important. It's understood that Srimad Bhagavatam is the most important Vedic literature. There are so many different literatures compiled by Vyasadeva. Having compiled so many literatures, he still wasn't satisfied. Therefore, now only his guru, seeing him dissatisfied, came to see what is going on. Such an important personality, Vyas, he has so many disciples. Now it has so many disciples. But in one way, Vyas is the most important of all because Vyas is to be the uh, guru of all in as much as he gives this spiritual love. So whatever else anyone has to say that is recorded by Vyas or that is what is uh, most authoritative that is collected by Vyas and that is made as Shastra that is recorded in the Shastra. So Vyas is the in one sense maybe the most important person. Even Krishna is there, he's the most important person. But Vyas, he has given us the knowledge is by which we can see Krishna. Otherwise we can't understand Krishna unless Vyas has given us this knowledge. Therefore, uh, any bona fide spiritual master is considered a representative of Vyas. So when he saw Vyas, he's feeling despondent. So he went to see what's the problem. If, if such an important person is not happy, he's not satisfied, he's, if there's something seriously wrong here. So Narada immediately detected that even having compiled so many vast literatures, compiled all the Vedas, and in the Vedas, actually for all that the Vedas are important, the, if the Vedas are taken at face value, there's not that much very important in them because the Vedas, they deal mostly with the modes of material nature. What is that verse in Bhagavad Gita? Trigunya Vishaya Veda. The Vedas mostly deal with the modes of material nature. But the real thing is to be mistrigunya Bhagavad to be above the modes of material nature. So after compiling all the Vedas to give some direct, to give some indication of the true purpose of the Vedas, then again Vyasadeva compiled the Upanishads. Which Vedas mostly they deal with karma kanda, how to live happily in this material world, which isn't possible anyway. So that's one kind of illusion. Then the Upanishad section of the Vedas brings us to Jnana Kanda. That when you're finished with being happy in this material world, when you've understood there's no point, then you come to Jnana. Therefore the Vedanta Sutra, which is the Upanishads they are Vedanta. They are at the end of the Vedas. When you've been through all the Vedas, you come to the Upanishads. So the Vedanta Sutra, which is the, the essence of the end of knowledge, and that begins, Atato Brahma Jigyasa. Now you should inquire into spiritual knowledge, make spiritual inquiries. Now, that's generally understood now that we've reached this human form of life, we should inquire into the spiritual nature of reality. 
But that Madhvachaya, uh, he also comments that this, this means now, now you've been through all the Vedas, now you've been through all this Karmakanda stuff, now come to the real point of the Vedas. Having been exhausted with material enjoyment, having been through all the Vedas, now we should come to the Vedanta, the end of knowledge, to understand what is the spiritual nature. So Vyasadeva compiled the Vedanta Sutra, in which the essence of knowledge is presented. And he compiled many Puranas. Now there are different Puranas for different people in different modes of nature. Purana the general, is generally understood to mean something which is very old, it's the history of the universe. But it also means, uh, Purana also means that which makes Purna, that which makes complete. The Vedas are complete by knowledge of the Puranas. So the Puranas are there and although there are some, there are many things in the Puranas which are really not very much to do with Krishna consciousness at all. The stories of different demigods and the relative values of different gems and the values of different holy places and fasts and so many different things are there. But still we find there are also the Sattvic Puranas which are suitable for Vaishnavas or even uh, the Vishnu Purana that is very important. Probably they will find in the Vishnu Purana almost the same subject matter as the Srimad Bhagavatam except the topics of Krishna are not so elaborately described. Otherwise you'll find the topics of all the different incarnations. It's very similar to Srimad Bhagavatam in many ways. But the difference is that in the Vishnu Purana we don't have it very clearly stated that Krishna is the original form of the first mountain of Godhead, which is here in the Bhagavad Purana. So Vyas was feeling morose. Even he had compiled the, even up to the Vishnu Purana. But still he hadn't very clearly stated what is the ultimate purpose of life to understand Krishna. Even the Vishnu Purana was there, but some people might take it's another Purana. There are so many Puranas. Some recommend worship of Lord Shiva. Some recommend worship of Ganesh. So they may think it's just, take whichever one you want, that we hear. Hinduism. Whichever God you like, it's all the same. They're all the same. But only in the Srimad Bhagavatam is it so specific. Right from the very beginning. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva Satyam Param Dhimahi now we offer our respectful obeisances to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vasudeva, Krishna, who is the Supreme Absolute Truth. Not only that, but Kaitava Dharma, Projita, Atra, in this Srimad Bhagavatam, anything which is cheating religion, that is fully rejected right from the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam clearly stated what is the value of this Srimad Bhagavatam that is Kaitavadhamma Projita Niramatsalanam Satam this is for those that no more envy that means those already on the transcendental platform Vedyam Vastava Matra Vastu this subject this is the essence no no not the essence it is the real topic of the Vedas. 
In other words, there may be so many other things in the Vedas, but that's not really the purpose of the Vedas. The real purpose of the Vedas is this which is described in Srimad Bhagavatam. Vidyam Vasam Atru Atravastu. Shivadam, it is all auspicious. And simply by hearing this, the threefold miseries are destroyed. Srimad Bhagavate Mahamuni Krite. This was compiled by Mahamuni Vyasadev. Actually in his maturity, when he'd been through so many different compilations, he compiled Srimad Bhagavatam. Kimba Parai, what is the need of studying? You don't need to study millions and millions of books. The Srimad Bhagavatam in itself is sufficient. Ishvara Sadhya Hridya Varudhyate is by studying the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Supreme Lord is at once manifested, he reveals himself. Chakratibhish, to those who are deserving devotees. Susrushibhish Takshanat, he reveals himself to those who are deserving devotees who hear very nicely. สุสุชิบิมิสเทลมีสุสุชูชาดธานิสัมบาสุเดวิกตาลุจิสัมมหัสเซเบโอเวปรปุญญเจตนิเชวนาอัลสรานุบาโกตัมเซสดาทบายเ
So Ram is better than Krishna. This is misunderstanding. But people may think like that. That means they're not understanding the science of God. Bhagavad Tattva Vigyana. This is specifically described here. Bhagavad Tattva Vigyana. Scientific knowledge of God. It's actually a very uh, foolish thing to say. Ram is more moral than Krishna. That means you don't understand actually who is Krishna. How are you to judge Krishna? By yours, by our morality. Krishna, whatever he does, that's always on the highest standard of morality. If we say that Krishna is immoral, we are immoral. Because morality means to follow Krishna. And sometimes that misunderstanding is there. In one sense it's true, Krishna is an incarnation that, of Vishnu. That Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami has explained. Yes, in one sense you can say that it's true. Because he also... Just that we see here, he said, Lord Krishna is Vasudeva and Baladeva is Sankarsha. Yet from Krishna and Balaram expand the Chaturvyoha, Vasudeva, Sankarsha, Aniruddha and Padyamna. So this is a little difficult to understand. Not, it's not very understandable by uh, material brain power. But the original form of Krishna is Krishna in Vrindavan. And Krishna... He's also Krishna in Dwarka. It's not that he's not Krishna. He's also Krishna. But the original, original form is Krishna in Vrindavan. So that he expands himself, or he is himself, in Dwarka and Mathura. But his original pastime form, in which there is, uh, he's just being himself. No awe and reverence, no pomp, no glory. That is Krishna in Vrindavan. Now, it may be asked that if Ramanujacharya and Madhvacharya, they were great devotees, and there are so many other great devotees in their sampradayas, then why is it that they have upheld a Vishnu Supreme? Don't they know? They're not also great scholars. They don't know that Krishna is the Supreme, personality of Godhead. Why can't they understand? So there may be different reasons for this. One reason is that in whichever form the devotee is inclined to worship the Lord, that form, he takes that to be supreme. He presumes it to be supreme. The Vishnu Bhaktas, the worshippers of Narayan, they see that here he is with all opulence and glory and because they're on the platform of opulence and glory, awe and reverence, Aishwarya Bhav, then they can't imagine how there is any form higher than this. They presume that must be the best. And because they like that, because that's their spiritual taste is like that, then uh, Krishna doesn't disturb them in their minds. Even those who worship demigods, Krishna, he makes their faith strong. Whatever you like to believe, Krishna gives you that ability to understand. It's not very good to lean on Srimad Bhagavatam and find something else. And you're using it for something it's not meant for. There are verses there in Gita. Yo 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 y
Tanaya Vidhatami Aham, Krishna says, that question may arise, well, how is it that people have, they're so attached to different demigods if they're not the Supreme? And Krishna says, I make their faith strong. If someone has a desire to worship some demigod, Krishna says, I make their faith strong. Tatsyachalam, Achal. Here we have Simhachalam. And there it's in Tirupati. Venkatachalam. Achal means, it means mountain. It means that which is immovable. It doesn't move. So Krishna says, I make their faith so strong. Immovable faith. So that we find it's very difficult if someone's attached to some kind of worship. Sai Baba worshiper. Then it's very difficult to change their opinion. Because Krishna as the Paramatma in everyone's heart makes their faith strong in their way. Because they have a particular desire to worship in that way. So attachment to Lord Vishnu in transcendental love, that is of a different nature to that of worship of Sai Baba. Because Sai Baba is a rascal and being attached to him simply takes you to hell. That is Maya. But being attached to Lord Vishnu, that takes you to Vaikuntha, that is transcendental. But the same principle works, that Krishna, uh, he helps you to become attached as you prefer. If you want to go to Krishna, Krishna gives you intelligence how to come to him. And if you want to go to hell, Krishna also gives you intelligence how to do that. If you are determined, I will definitely avoid Krishna, I will never surrender to him under any circumstances. Then Krishna gives you the intelligence by which you will avoid him. Of course the devotees of Krishna, they are also working to try to, even those who are going to hell, to try to pull them back and awaken their dormant love for Krishna. So Krishna also sees the desire of the devotee. If the devotee desires very strongly, then even those who are very desirous of avoiding Krishna, Krishna may respond to his devotee's desire to deliver them. There are so many different factors at work. Now another thing we see is that in these uh, sampradayas, especially in Sri Vaishnava sampradaya, even though they say Krishna is just one of the various incarnations, same as Paraha, Matsya, they're all different Leela incarnations, different forms that Vishnu has taken for his pleasure. Still, they also have so much praise of Krishna. Most of these Divya Prabandhas, the prayers of the Alvas to the deities, they are mostly recalling the pastimes of Krishna. Because Krishna, among all the incarnations, Krishna's pastimes are the most pleasing. Only Krishna performs so many wonderful variegated pastimes. There is no restriction for Krishna. He doesn't have to be God. He doesn't have to keep up any awe and reverence. He is simply acting for the pleasure of his devotees. So you'll find in that Sampadaya also they're mostly attached to uh, the Alvas, they're mostly attached to glorifying Krishna. And even some Sri Vaishnavas, although it's not official, unofficial, they say that actually Ramanuja, he also knew that Krishna is supreme. But at that time he couldn't say that because he had to establish Vaishnavism in the world. There was, Vaishnavism was practically lost. He had to attack the Advaitavad of Shankaracharya. So to go from Advaitavad to the lawless love of Krishna, 
that may be too much for people to understand. And also because he was attacking Ambedkar Abad is established or misestablished, wrongly established on the basis of the Upanishads. So the Upanishadic language uh, that that lends itself to a very rigid kind of philosophical understanding. So at that time it was uh, Ramanuja was commenting mostly on Gita and Upanishads and of course Vedanta Sutra and he also took Vishnu Purana to be very important. So the more staid presentation of Vaishnavism. Of course as Gorya Vaishnavas we know that Ramanuja Acharya he also had the vision of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him that after some time I will come. What you are doing the work that you are doing, I will develop it more later. I will teach love of Radha and Krishna. I will take your philosophy and develop that more, expand that more. So Ramanuja said, well, if you like, I'll do it right now. Chaitanya Mahabhu told, no, you wait, you have your job to do, I'll come later and fulfill that. So the these different Sampradayas, Vaishnava Sampradayas, whatever they have said, that is correct, that is true, it's not incorrect. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give the fulfillment of everything they have said and to nourish that more and more and more. The Vallabhacharya, he has the Pushtima, means the, the path of nourishment. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his, his path is really the Pushtima because he nourishes devotion up to the highest level, which is not even imagined in the other sampradayas. Even though they have so much, because they're worshipping Lord Vishnu and Vallabhacharya, Nimbhakacharya, they're worshipping Krishna. Even Nimbhakacharya is worshipping Radha and Krishna. But what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given, the understanding of Sri Krishna, in his full glory, which means in his simple love-laden pastimes, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given in Anarpita Chirin Chira, that which was not given for a very long time since the last appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He came and he gave them. So what was uh, hinted at in the teachings of the previous Acharyas, that was given in profusion, clearly, by Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Jodi Gonda Hoito, Tabi Ki Hoito, Kemoni Dharitapri, Radhar Mohima, Prima Rashashima, Jagate Janatoke. This prayer says that if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had not come, then how could we have lived? How could we have survived? The glories of Srimati Radharani, which are the essence or the, the limit of all loving demons, who could have declared that to the world? So this is the special meaning of being Gorya Vaishnava. Bhaktisthan Sasar Thakur, he wants to explain. Vaishnava is a general term which means 
those who worship Vishnu. And there's another word, Karshna, which specifically means those who worship Krishna. And Gaudiya means those who worship Srimati Ratharani. So that is the uh, special feature of Srimad Bhagavatam. Even though you won't find Radharani's name directly here, but that most essential topic of Srimad Bhagavatam is the, top, the whole topic of Bhagavatam is Krishna. Specifically, uh, Krishna is pastimes in Vrindavan. In, and in Vrindavan, we have Radhe Vrindavaneshwari. She is the queen of Vrindavan. We don't hear Krishna being called Vrindavaneshwara. He's the controller. Rather, we hear Radhe Vrindavaneshwari. She is the controller. So the Bhagavatam points towards that. And the Gauriya Vaishnava Acharyas, they have revealed that. Although Radharani's name is not directly mentioned, she is the uh, uh, Krishna's pastimes with her. That is the uh, essential topic. That is the essence of the essence. How Krishna is the original form of personality of Godhead. And although the Vishnu incarnations are not different from him, Krishna, his pastimes, they are on a level even above and beyond those of the Vishnu forms. Especially because of his loving dealings with his devotees of whom Srimati Radharani is the topmost. So this is all explained by especially Jiva Goswami. Jiva Goswami provided the philosophical framework to substantiate the ecstasies which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu experienced and, and those ecstasies which uh, ultimately that is the goal of Gauriya Vaishnavism. Just like previously, the Alvas, they expressed their love for the Supreme Lord in his Narayan forms. And Ramanuja gave a philosophical system to substantiate that it's not simply some empty feelings, but it is the, it is reality. So in the same way, Jiva Goswami gave the philosophical understanding. And that was uh, again and again presented by different acharyas, they have given their commentaries. Prabhupada said that Bhakti Siddhanta Sartako, just as Jiva Goswami established Gauriya Vaishnavism on a philosophical platform which has never been challenged, let alone defeated, has never been formally challenged. Later, the, not Jiva Goswami's works, later on in Jaipur, Sri Vaishnavas challenge. How is this Gauriya Vaishnava Sambhaga bona fide? Then Baladev Vidya Bhushan, he established that. And again, in an elaborate way, Bhaktis Damsasar Thakur did that. When he established, first of all Bhakti Rav Thakur, and then again Bhaktis Damsasar Thakur, elaborately established to the people of the world who cannot understand. They, take, they simply take Krishna's pastimes to be some kind of mundane debauchery, misunderstanding. So Bhakti Thakur and Bhakti Stansasra Thakur again presented Krishna consciousness in a very staid way and philosophically established that 
Krishna Param Kimapitatta Maham Najane. There is no philosophical, there is no there is no higher principle than Krishna. They're accusing Krishna of being immoral. But Krishna is beyond all morality, immorality. There is no higher principle than he. So in some ways we could say that to reveal such things to the world it's dangerous because the tendency to misunderstand is very strong. At the same time, if it's not revealed, then how can anyone begin to understand that these teachings, they are to be presented, they must be presented. Otherwise, we are bereft of that knowledge. But at the same time, it must be very, very carefully presented so as not to be misunderstood or abused or rejected by those who have no transcendental insight. Therefore, the pastimes or the intimate dealings of Krishna with the gopis and Radharani, they're mentioned here in Bhagavatam. Even they're not very elaborately described. The Goswamis in their literature have described in more detail. But this is not the subject matter for public preaching. That is the secret treasure of the Gauriya Vaishnavas. For public, we ask them to chant Hare Krishna, try to understand we are not this body for us, that we are eternal servants of Krishna. That we also have to understand ourselves. We're not only preaching to the public. We also, on one hand, we're getting this highest treasure of knowledge of Krishna. On the other hand, we're still attached to the bodily platform. So this uh, public preaching, and then um, that is one thing. And among ourselves, we should discuss these things. We have these morning classes to discuss the topics of Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is unlimited, a rich mine of philosophical conclusions. In Bhagavatam, we get all the philosophical understanding of the absolute truth, Krishna. And ultimately, Bhagavatam is presenting the rasa. Nigamakalpatara Galitam Palam Shukumakad Amrita Dravisangitam Pibata Bhagavata Rasavalaya Mohoraho Rasika Bhubibhavaka. This Bhagavatam is the topmost Vedic literature. And it's become, although it's unlimitedly wonderful, it's become more wonderful because it's been presented by Shukadeva Goswami. So Pibata Bhagavata Rasa. Drink that nectar rasa. Srimad Bhagavatam. Alayam, that means up till the time of your death or up till the time of liberation and then on and on even then. Ultimately Bhagavatam is for tasting the nectar, rasa, Krishna's pastimes. But to enter into that, proper philosophical understanding is required also. Therefore we have so much description here in the Bhagavatam philosophical understanding. Who is Krishna? Even that may not be so easy to understand. We have to understand through the Acharyas. Krishna is not very easy to understand. Srimad Bhagavatam is not different from Krishna. So Srimad Bhagavatam may also not be very, very easy to understand. Even when Krishna is personally present, not everyone could understand it. Many people thought, just like Shishupal said, who is this Krishna anyway? First he was a cowherd boy, then he became a prince. How can you suddenly be, jump from being a Vaishya to a Kshatri? What kind of person is he anyway? And many people misunderstood. They just took him to be an ordinary person. 
even though they directly saw Krishna. Sometimes people say, can you show me God? You say, well, if you show you, could you recognize him? Unless you have eyes anointed with the salve of love, then you can't see God. Even if he stands right in front of you, you can't recognize him. So, Krishna is not easy to understand. Similarly, Srimad Bhagavatam is not easy to understand. Just like here, it may be thought. Well, Balaram and Krishna, they're incarnations of Vishnu. It seems very plain. But then, what is the meaning of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam? What do you have to understand? But, Krishna, Krishna's, Krishna, means Krishna. Two, but, Bhagavan Swayam, personally God Himself. That has to be understood. Therefore, the Acharyas, they make the subject matter clear. They explain that. And that can be understood. The subject matter of Bhagavatam can be understood by the grace of the Acharyas, just as Krishna can be understood through the process of devotional service. Through the process of devotional service. It's not simply a matter of explaining according to one's intellectual prowess. But one who is blessed by Krishna, he can understand. That Lord Shiva, he says one verse, Aham Vedni Shukho Veti, Vyasa Veti, Naveti Va, Bhaktya Bhagavata Brahim, Nabudhya Nachakikaya. He says that, Srimad Bhagavatam, I understand it. Shukadev Goswami, he understands it. Vyasa Dei, maybe he understands it. On the whole, Bhagavatam can be understood not simply by one's intelligence, nor even by making an intellectual analysis of the commentaries, but by the process of devotional service one becomes blessed to understand. So, Hare Krishna. Is there any question? This is a common question. One of the first books Prabhupada gave was Krishna book. People become attracted to Krishna. It's the first book I read. It's Krishna book. First thing I read, everyone in Vrindavan was attracted to Krishna. So it was a very funny book. I don't know what Vrindavan is, I don't know what Krishna is. And immediately they're saying, everyone in Vrindavan is attracted to Krishna. That was the first thing I read. So, uh, and in fact, I read the whole book, I didn't understand hardly anything of it. But that has its attraction, because Krishna is attracted. Even if you just take it as stories, and the nature is that it's attractive. So people they read and they become attractive. Prabhupada has presented Krishna book in such a way that anyone who reads, they won't be they won't misunderstand if they read honestly. They may not understand at all. But they may still that attraction is there. Especially Krishna book is written so nicely. The style of writing Prabhupada has given is very, very 
sweet presentation. Very quaint language, Prabhupada uses. So who will not be attracted? At the same time, it's not. Uh, it's not, you see in Prabhupada's example that he didn't. He, he in his personal preaching, he spoke on subject matters that people could relate to and understand. People are reading Krishna book. So many are distributed all over the world. About, what, 15 years ago, some survey was done in America about people's attitudes to so many different things. And one of the things came up about God. What do you think of God? Do you believe in God? And if so, what, what do you think God is like? And do you think He's a light? Or do you think He's like a father? Or so many different things. And many people, although there was no such ca- there was a category other, so many people put, I like to think of God as the supreme lover. Now that's just not there in Western culture. There's no such idea. They must have got it from Krishna book. They must have got it from Prabhupada's books. So definitely these, these books are having their effect. Tremendous effect. We can't even see how much effect. Yes, if someone is offensive to Krishna or his devotees and they get a bad effect. That Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, that those who are envious, they they go down, Murha Janmani Janmani, Mala Prabhupada They take birth again and again in the in the condemned species and they don't attain to me. The Prabhupada explains that for such people there's still some hope. Even though they're determined to avoid Krishna, the devotees of Krishna are more determined to save them. So devotees go out. People don't ask. We don't find many people coming. Please come to our home and give us these books. Here, of course, people are quite faithful. They like. Still, they're not coming to ask us. Not, not many people. They're absorbed in their material life. People are not asking us, please come chant. Actually, here in Andhra, you'll find, if you go into smaller towns, you'll find many people there. They'll ask, please come, stay here. Definitely not in the Western countries. You hardly find that. Although that's also coming. I mean, when, we, when this movement was started, it was considered very weird and strange. And, but nowadays you find so many people, they, they, when our devotees go for chanting, they like it so much. In Dublin, they like it so much. In London, many people like it. I saw that in so many places. And uh, in the way, just walking in the street dressed in, uh, in a dhoti, so many people in so many places in the world. I had experience in Germany, in America, so many people, they like it. Oh, Hare Krishna. So people, they like, they're becoming purified by that. But uh, those who don't like, there are those who don't like also, but they'll also become purified. 
just by seeing the devotees. Even if they're offensive, still somehow they're thinking of Krishna, so they have to suffer severely for their offense. But then the benefit of somehow or other thinking of Krishna, they'll also get the result of that later. This, um, there are many stories like this, I'll just tell one. That our devotees, they used to, when we had the Berry Place Temple in London, devotees used to go out regularly for Harinam Sankirtan in central London. So there's one old man on the corner as you come out, go around the corner, he's selling newspapers. And he was, uh, he knew every word in the book, every bad word in the book. And he knew how to throw them at the devotees. And when you go past him, you know that Hare Krishna will be mixed up with all kinds of abuse. And you don't take any notice, you just go past. So this for years and years and years, simply all the worst language that was, gave him some kind of pleasure. He had a miserable life, miserable person. So he took pleasure in abusing the devotees. So one day devotees were going out and they were approaching and they were like, oh, now we're going to hear all these abusive words. And this time they didn't. Instead he held up a Bhagavad Gita as it is and said, I got one too, Hare Krishna. <laughs> Somehow or other, someone had approached him with a Bhagavad Gita and he took it. You know, for so many years he'd been chanting, Hare Krishna, and then all the bad words, you Hare, Hare Krishna. Been saying Hare Krishna, seeing devotees and hearing, he'd become purified. In Germany, at one time, for, for about two years, this was about mid 70s, every day in the newspapers, there's so much blasphemy of devotees that they're all thieves, murderers, liars, cheats, so many things. Prabhupada heard, he said, That's good. They're saying the name of Krishna again and again, they'll become purified. Actually, uh, what I understand from the devotees in Germany told me that what happened after some time, at least the young people in Germany, they began to think, actually Hare Krishna must be very good. If the government and the establishment are so much against it, it must be something good. And now you go in, in Germany, no one says anything. Even, uh, at least I haven't been in Germany much, but... What reaction I get from the public is uh, positive, not negative. So it's uh, the devotees, they move in the world to purify it on behalf of Krishna. Especially Lord Chaitanya's movement. That is meant for purifying the, those who are hopeless cases. So there's hope for them also. Hope for them, hope for us. Where, where are we coming from? There are so many stories. Eh? One, uh, again in, in London, I'm remembering all those days long back when I was there. So one of our devotees, he was going out distributing books and one man just started harassing him like anything. You're going to be burned in hell. Believe in Jesus. <coughs> So, you know, he couldn't distribute any books because this man... And then you approach someone with a book and immediately someone comes up and starts shouting and yelling and screaming. No one, no one wants to take any book. 
So he went to another place to distribute and the man followed him. He got on the, two, on the underground train and went to another place. The man in the train was harassing him. So he, what to do? He came back to the temple. He said, I'll come back to the temple. It's midday. I'll take a bath. I'll take some prasadam. And the guy came right up to the door and someone came right inside the temple and was still <laughs> Then uh, Prabhupada Maharaj, Brahmacharya at that time, who was temple president, although he wasn't much in the temple, he was usually outside traveling on traveling Sankirtan. That was how he managed the temple. Worked by mercy. So he was there and this guy, he just looked at him and said, Stop! And I was shocked. He said, What's your problem? The guy didn't know what to say and then he, he just, promised him, just cut him up. And the guy became, he chastised him so much and the guy actually became humble. Somehow, I don't know, he came in the temple, he saw so many devotees, smelled the incense, something happened. He became very humble and then uh, after about an hour on the plate of prasadam, he wanted to join the temple. <laughs> He was 42 years old, he had several children, he was a butcher by profession. But he did join. It took him some time because he, had a, he also smoked more than 40 cigarettes a day. So it was very difficult for him to overcome the habit. But he did join and he spent several years in the temple. Then he went home to his wife and he's living with his wife again and still chanting Hare Krishna. So anything's possible, nothing's impossible. There are many such stories. Even we'll find many of in, in, it's not only in the West, in India also we find that people who they, they have no interest in God, they're against it, they also, something happens to them. And there are many cases I've seen here in India of people who have no interest in spiritual life, meat eaters, drunkards, everything, and then just somehow they come in contact with the devotees and their life changes. Krishna consciousness is very powerful. You had a question? No, not so much. Hmm? It's not. It's not one of their. It's not the scripture that they traditionally give importance to. Nowadays, of course, so many Sri Vaishnavas are joining ISKCON. Naturally, if you study Srimad Bhagavatam, then that will come. But you see, they see Vishnu Purana as supreme. So they see it in the light of Vishnu Purana, even if they do study Bhagavatam. But generally, Ramanujachar, he didn't comment on the, on the Srimad Bhagavatam. Until now, Thakur predicted that all the Sampradayas will merge into the Gorya Sampradaya. Naturally, if they, if they appreciate as they are appreciating and they're exposed to this, then they'll find it's it's very nice and it's very practical also because who can follow all the that the, the uh, Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya is based on deity worship, but who can follow all those all those intricate details nowadays? It's it's very difficult to do. But the essence, which is bhakti, they'll find Madhurya Prachurja, that's stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita. That you will get Madhurja Prachurja. If you mix, in any way they're studying Krishna's pastimes, but if you mix Krishna's pastimes with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, then you get overwhelming sweetness, 
So bhakti, everyone is attracted because it's very sweet. But when you when you come to understand Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, then overwhelming, more sweetness, and more than you, beyond any imagination. Hmm. You had a question? Presently, I am reading the loss of nature, and that the Experience, huh? I'm not actually. If I'm a, uh, if I'm a fallen soul, I'll be going to hell. I'll be going to hell. How can I take again a lower? Oh, after after going through the hellish punishments, then someone who is very simple, they take birth in the lower species, which is also just the same as a hellish punishment. If you consider. Snake, dog, frog, insect. What is the level of their consciousness? How much they suffer? Very much in the mode of ignorance, tamagun. So that in itself is that's on the same level as a hellish punishment. In fact, in the modern age, people their life is so devoid of any spiritual culture. They're practically living in hell. Their consciousness is just like hell. If they take pleasure, if their if their pleasure is watching movies in which there's nasty sex and violence, they take pleasure in someone being having their shot in their head. They take pleasure in seeing some suffering. And what if that's their pleasure? It's just they're in hellish consciousness actually. And if their pleasure is in smoking cigarettes and drinking wine, they're already in hell. Isn't it? So Krishna consciousness is meant to save people from this. On the one hand, we're to, we're discussing the elevated levels that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brings us to, but at the same time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he didn't say to just lock yourself away somewhere and just think of this. But he, he wanted his devotees to go out and preach Krishna consciousness. So that others can be delivered. Otherwise, without Krishna consciousness, people have no spiritual knowledge, and they're, they're suffering now, and they'll suffer more and more in future. the soul experience anything in the material world. The soul has no intrinsic relationship with the material world, but because we give up our relationship with Krishna, we identify with the material world. Because of our identification with it, therefore we suffer. Because we think, I am this body. We want to enjoy material pleasure, that is to be enjoyed through a material body. So we enjoy and we suffer. 
because of our identification with the body. A liberated soul doesn't identify with the body, therefore he doesn't suffer like a conditioned soul does. You were going to say something? Bhagavad Gita, yes. But in, in, in Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna says that energy is in the Hamsara, Yeah, but they, they understand that he is that Krishna is an incarnation of Vishnu. That they presuppose. So they presume he is speaking as Vishnu. He is an incarnation of Vishnu speaking. He is Vishnu. That's also true. In the same uh, explanation they give for Matapatana and Matapatana. All those, all those things. Yeah. Hmm. And in one sense it's true, there's no difference anyway between Krishna and Vishnu. It's only, I mean, in, in preaching in the public we don't make that much differentiation. In the beginning, they should under, everyone should understand Krishna as the supreme opulent personality of Godhead. We're not preaching to the public how Krishna is hiding in the bushes in Vrindavan. How are they going to understand? Hmm. Well, probably that's another reason Prabhupada gave the, the Krishna book early. Because he said that even if I don't have time to finish the 10th canto, then I want to make sure that this most important 10th canto is there. Therefore he gave Krishna book, which is a summary study, which, can be, which was prepared more quickly than the 10th than canto. In the 10th canto you have to do every word, word by word, and see the commentaries of the Acharyas very carefully. But, but Prabhupada uh, just gave the essence of that in Krishna book. So already it's there. But he told his disciples to finish it, which they did in one sense, although the, there are so many commentaries by different acharyas which have not been amalgamated in there. <laughs> now Shivaramar, anyway, he's doing something like that. But he's. Uh, Shivra Maharaj is taking different, not so much the philosophical understanding, but the pastimes he's bringing together. Because in every one of the pastimes spoken in Srimad Bhagavatam, there's so much, there's so much more detail. So he's gathering from different sources and making some books. So devotees can enjoy them. He needs a long life to do it. It's a big job. Yeah, Prabhupada mentions that that the original form of Krishna, Golok Krishna, he's not killing demons because there are no demons. So when Krishna is killing demons, that's his Vasudeva feature, which is also Krishna. But that's uh, that's described in the beginning of Chaitanya Charitamrita. That's taken from the Goswami's analysis. There, 
there's Swayam Rup, Krishna's original form, then there's Tade Kadma Rup, of which there are two varieties. That means it's the same form but slightly different. That means it may have slightly different function, or maybe just like Balaram is just the same as Krishna, but he's white. So there's so many different. They're non different from Krishna, but even among the, the forms of Krishna himself, there is Swayam Rup, which is original, original form and other forms also. But those pastimes of killing demons, sometimes they're called naimitic or not eternal pastimes because it's not that there's, there's an eternal person who comes again and again as Putana. Otherwise that would mean that someone's eternal position was to be a demon. But that's not. But different, different demons may take take a, a role like Putana or Kaliya, like that. I also heard that Krishna uh, might appear on the end of the Rapa River that there are actually like two incarnations which would appear, so it's like a combination. I know from Achanda Prabhu explained something. I'm not sure, I don't remember reading this. He's read many things. I don't remember reading that. So I can't say. Oh, actually, in Chaitanya Charitamrita says that the, that the time for the Yuga avatar was there. So Krishna, the original form, he he merged into the Yuga avatar. So that's that's the he took over the function of the Yuga avatar. Hmm? Well, generally the Yuga avatar comes in Dwarpa Yuga and teaches deity worship, but he didn't come in Dwarpa Yuga, so Krishna took over, he merged, took over that function. Although the Yuga avatar is also non different from him anyway. All the, when Krishna comes, all the different incarnations are present there with him because he is the source of all incarnations. Just like we read in in Nectar of Devotion, how sometimes Mother Yashoda will tell stories of Ram or Nushinga to baby Krishna. And Krishna will start getting into that mood and say, Call out, Lakshman, bring my bow. Then he remembers, Oh, I'm Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also. Sometimes like that. He would take the form of Raha or Nushinga Dev to please his different devotees. Before. Before mm. So when when had appreciated the uh, the of Krishna, um, then he didn't. Um, it's not that he didn't appreciate, but in his philosophical system, he presented that Krishna is an incarnation of Vishnu. Maybe the sweetest incarnation. So, in the case when we are preaching, and someone sits upon his Krishna incarnation. I don't get into it with them. I say, if you if you if you're worshiping Lord Vishnu, very nice. Please continue. We have no argument with you. As far as we understand from our acharyas, Krishna is the source of Vishnu. But if you say Vishnu is the source of Krishna, 
We have no, you know, it's not our argument. Our argument is against Mayavadis, atheists, and demons. We're a Vaishnava. Please continue, it's very nice. It's not worth, what's the point? They're appreciating so much the activities of Krishna conscious movement. And there may be some who are somewhat dogmatic and fanatical, not many. So, we'll finish that. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki.